Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. I'm here with Matt Stevens. Matt, welcome. Thank you very much indeed. That's the fastest intro of all time. But yes, we're here on the pod and we're in Met. Thank you. At yeah, the Hotel great, great town, great town. Loads of things happening. It's um, we've both raced here, haven't we? Back in the back in the yeah. uh, back in the day. Do you want to do that intro again? Yep. No, that was great. That was a that was. That I just was thought I'd get on with it tonight that because was, that I was could a do a big. I could, yeah, it's my pod, so yes. I could sit here and go, "Welcome <laughs> to the Bradley Wiggins Show." But then or, I just think, sod it. It's a Natural. show. You know what? If you you know what it is, it's not just come on the telly and think, "What's this?" So you're obviously listening. To it. You know it's our show. So let's yeah. do it. Let's get on with it. Yes, yeah, so we're in Metz and we're in a hotel campanile, synonymous with the Tour de France. How many campaniles have you stayed in the past? Lots, L- lots. Hundreds. But they, they normally have a, a standard design, don't they? Yeah. This is not the standard design. This is quite modern and slightly yeah, more like a like a huge ski chalet, aren't they? And yeah. Blocks of. With a with a with a satellite building that has the breakfast hall, the bar, the all reception. the rooms are identical, and there's only just enough room to open the toilet door. Otherwise, it hits the bed. They're very yeah, very then, small. Do you remember the little gr- the little heaters with the ca- pull yes. the little cable, and they're all the doors are outside. It's like a motel, isn't it? Yeah, like the Campanile's. Yeah. yeah. But we're not in that. We're not in that, no. We're in an old we're one. That's something like probably an Ibis that shuts down. They've took over and re, reshaped the whole place, done a refit and turned it into a company. Yeah, and we're right next to the station, which is handy for international yeah. travel. And a former sponsor of uh, Benesto and the team that now exists, which is called Movistar, which is, of course, the French bank. Case to Pagny. Yeah. Anyway, back to the racing today. What did you make of the racing today, Matt? 219 kilometres, long one, fast. First 100 kilometres was done in just over two hours. I was sat on the motorbike, bored as f- for most of it, <laughs> I have to say, because mm. not much happened. They were either racing at Mach 1 or nothing. And the only really action I saw today was, uh, well, Van Aert when I went up to the break and uh, people getting dropped and people having a wee. Well, I'll tell you what, there was a lot more going on than that. But Yeah, uh, but I mean, we, we couldn't get through. The regulators it. wouldn't let us through most of the time. It's so. difficult to see. Um, no, we saw them off at the start, sorted the things out we needed to sort out, got in the car, fueled up, fired up Eurosport GCN on the phone, and, and by Jiminy, they'd done 52 Ks in the first hour. So we're, we're yeah, all... it was quick. We're all ready. Uh, and there was just lots and lots of attacking. But the breakaway is, is astonishing one, wasn't it? Jakob Fulksang, yeah. Israel, one of the big favourites. Um, Quinn Simmons, the young upstart from the United States of America running mm. for Trek Sigafredo, and another than... Well, well up. Yeah. yeah, that was a strange one, didn't it, after the crash yesterday? What's your And it was quite an aggressive quick start, then they went away. What was your take on him being away? Because the social media lit up, people scratching their heads, what, what on earth's going on? Yeah. There was no doubt there was, it was, it was riding with Verve, Panache, showing off the jersey. But from a, you know, a clinically tactical point of view, what was that all about, Brad? From you, from what, from, how, how can you rationalise it? Um, I don't know. Um... There's so many points of view on it. Um, part of me thought it was that fast and, you know, it didn't look like a breakaway was going to establish itself. And it was a bit of willy waving. Look how strong I am. Look at, you know, which is why Fulsang ended up in it. Um, and once they were clear, but then when I did get up to the break and saw them run, they were riding hard. There was no messing around. It seemed like 
you know, the logical thing now, when we look back in hindsight, we could say that, you know, that was a tactical coy um, coup to, to, to lose the jersey so they didn't have to ride. But that backfired on them then. I think if, if pogachar has gone and won the stage uh, and took the jersey, because as Adrie van der Poel said to us after the stage today, it was made for Van Aert. He could have won that stage today quite easily with the form he's in. So it's a bit of a funny one. I think it's hard, you know. I think they just landed in the breakaway. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that was my only thought was that it's just the racing was that frantic and that frenetic that it, it just so happened, as you know, that you just fall into a breakaway. And once you're there, it's hard to sit up, although Jakob Forsang did sit up, I think. For yeah, the he, he did sit up after a while. I think it was a, I think it was around about half distance. So, yeah. you know, it already burnt a lot of matches. But it was UAE team Emirates that initially took up the slack and started to chase. Obviously, with that, that tailwind, the race was about half an hour ahead of schedule in the end. But my, my take on it, for, for what it's worth again it's only my take on it was yeah they've got him in the move um he's showing off the jersey but what he's doing when you look at yesterday's stage um in um the finish of course um on the just outside the forest of Arenberg, they had such a hard day and van Aert's riding that strongly he's saved saved the race for well not so much for Roglic's two minutes trip, but, but for Jonas yeah. Vingo and a couple of other GC contenders like mm. Geraint Thomas as well mm. inadvertently then the chase group behind you had three of the domestiques working with Roglic they had a ridiculously hard day and I'm, I'm trying to rationalise it maybe they put Van Aert up front so everybody else didn't have to ride because ordinarily it's the longest stage of the race they'd have had to contr- ride all day um, and then it would probably lose the jersey the following day, the planche oh. de Belfi, we'll yeah. move on to that in a minute, and then had to ride again. So I'm thinking, was there... But then we subsequently heard, Hannah was at the bus speaking mm. to the management, that there was no plan to get him in the break. No, I, I didn't so think there was So I'm still scratching my head. So no. it, I don't think there was a plan. Um, and I think that was just the nature of the racing this morning because it was so full on and so flat out. I just think it was one of them, you know... I don't think, I think had that break not gone and had he not been in it, that racing could have carried on. Yeah. You know, and there would have been no recovery period for everyone like Rolich and these guys to recover a bit. So yeah. it's a funny one, but we'll never know. But um, one thing's for sure, Van Aert, sensation. I mean, he's, 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 he's unbelievable what he's he does. He's so, so strong. And, and uh, again, I think it's worth mentioning, it's been shared, isn't it? Uh, Bernie Eisler at the finish speaking to young yeah. Tom Pidcock. What a ride by Tom. Fourth on the stage. Um, and now they have the Innes Grenadiers, the British lads, Adam's fourth, Tom's fifth, Geraint sixth. Yeah. They had a great day. Brilliant. But his words, I'll repeat it, um, when asked by Bernie, what do you think of Wout van Aert? I think he's taking the piss. Yeah. But that was a respectful taking the piss. He's just yeah. so, yeah. so strong. But you do wonder ahead of tomorrow how, and van der po- uh, um, um, Adrian van der Poel said. We saw Adrian, didn't at we? At some point, mm. he, he's human, like his son. You yeah, know, he's, he he's, he's, he's going to pay for it in the yeah, third week. He will week. pay, and, and they're going to need him, because mm. that was... Yeah, a lot for nothing. I mean, it looked great, yeah. and, and and he's been hailed as a almost like a godlike character, no, yeah. a, a person, no, um, like a deity almost, isn't he? Yeah. But um, at what cost is, is the big question. But yeah, well, we'll find out, won't we? But um, it's um, very impressive indeed. What about the finish? Great riding by a Yui had a difficult day yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. But that finish, maybe thirty guys left. Vlasov crashed, got back on. That's another. I think he's my one of my outside picks. Yeah. But but in the end. You've you got to take your, hat, your hats off to Tadej Pogacar. I mean, and also to Brandon McNulty mm. and, um, and, and also Rafa Micah, who yeah. took it up in the last K. Yeah, I didn't and see the last K. I just saw the sprint they, they at the really end there. Yeah, Brad, yeah. It was an impressive sprint, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and everyone behind seemed to be dying off. Michael Matthews and all that. But Godou, third place Godou. That was a cracking that was a great ride from him. Quintana wasn't too far away as well. He was, yep, he was ninth. So yep. was All some... of the, the GC 
riders you'd yeah. expect were there. And it, it was a proper, we didn't, we thought it'd be just a day for the punchers, but ultimately we saw a little, another yeah. little GC selection, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. I'm amazed that Sagan went up there in 2017, seeing how hard it was today. He was in his pomp though, wasn't he then? Yeah. You know, he's, um, well, but again, you look at Sagan's in the mold of, or Matthew, Michael Matthew's up there in the mold of Sagan, yeah. but Sagan isn't quite, clearly isn't quite no. there at the moment. No. He's getting better, but he's not quite there. But what do you think about UE then, from what we've seen so far, taking the jersey this early? I don't think it matters to them. I think it's in Pogacar's hands whenever he takes it. He, there's nothing he can't do, you know, and I think he's, he's going for his third tour win. The way he sprinted today, the way he attacked on the little climb before the end. Yeah. You know, kind of just chasing and um, I don't think it matters. That's that new style of racing. I think we have to put all the sort of textbook stuff of the, the last 15 years out the window in oh, terms of, you know, right. is it too early? You know, are they shown their cards too yeah, early? you're right, yeah. Because I don't think that happens anymore. I think it's just a case of you take it when you take it and you get on with it. Um, because the likelihood is he would have took it tomorrow. So yeah. it doesn't really matter, you know, and I think... Um, we're nearly a week into this race now. We are a week in, aren't we, tomorrow? Yep. Um, I think it's um, it's Taddy's time. He is looking exceptional. And I actually think the tour's over, barring a crash. You do? Yeah, I do. Yeah. He looks that straight. He looks well, that he's Taddy Pogaccio. I mean, you know, we're not talking about Mickey Mouse here. Um, well, I, do, I do agree. He, I, and, I think and that's not, you know, well, I know like, every time I say that, people go, oh, we can't fear that. You know, let's keep the crowd interested. But, I mean, I understand that. But from a, you know... I think the tour's over because he's, you know, people that contend, contend with him, <laughs> Primoz Rodlich and, um, you know, the like, Grant Thomas and that. But I think Tade's proved himself like these are clearly the strongest. I'm, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. But the, if we uh, tell you what but we could do. Bone crash, injury, yep. COVID, you know, you'd have to say that Tade now, yep. you can't see him faltering physically I because we have never really seen him falter physically, have we? I think we saw one day last year where he, 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 he lost lost the wheel a bit um, to Jonas Vingegaard but then pulled it back there was nothing cat we haven't properly seen him on the back foot but I don't think that any rider can go through that although he's very young can go through their career and not have a, a jour sans in, and yeah. the more the deeper he gets into his career his out. nascent career mm. he will he will there, there's going to be something but right now you're quite right I, I think can't, he's closest I can't see anybody beat him. I, I, I think so too and you know what? An outside bet, Grant Thomas, because he's had a great first yeah. week in terms of staying out of trouble. And yep. it's very rare for Grant to stay out of trouble, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so good luck to Grant. Um, Tom Pidcock, great ride today, wasn't it? I think special mention to him. No, massively, yeah. I mean, yeah. fourth First place. France. Yeah, he, and he's looking like he's having a lot of fun and that day mm. really suited him. But I think... I think uh, I've been really impressed with Ineos, the way they've ridden here. Yeah. I think it's the first tour where they've not got all the eyes on them, like, you know, the eye sky train, the Ineos train, under criticism. They've been very quiet, and I think really impressed under Rod's new regime there, how they've sort of handled their public image, if you like. And I, th I think that, you know, they've come in, not exactly under the radar, because after all, they are Ineos, but they've come in with, they're not the favourites. Like no. you said, for the first no. time in, in the best part of a decade, mate, they're, they're, they're not the favourites. But I think that gives them a certain freedom. Mm. I think they can, they can, they can take a few risks. And, mm. and now they've got, OK, Tom Peacock, unknown territory for the young lad. Good luck to him, see how far he goes. But I think he's going to play a key role. But now mm. they've got Ad Adam Yates, who's clearly looking good, mm. and Geraint yeah. as an option. There's only there's only a few teams now, Brad, with two clear options. It was Jumbo Visma, yeah. but now, of course, Roglic is two, two, two minutes adrift and carrying mm. an injury. Yeah. But now the only team that I can see with two clear options, I'm not just sure where Pino is, Godu Pino potentially, but are, I think, the most potent force in terms of a duo, which could be exceptionally disruptive, are the Ineos duo. Of was the Pino up there today? 
I'm not too sure. We'll have to check check the results on that one. Yeah, but uh, I that. I'm, I'm not sure I'm if he was in there. the in the front group or not. He's been very quiet. He has, he has. But I'm. I think he'd be satisfied to come away with a stage win after yeah. all the uh, if a stage win for him. I think go do for the GC, and I think Pino maybe lose a bit of time, lose a bit of time, and then focus on one or two stages and go for the stage win personally. Tomorrow, Planche de Belfi. Yes. Mm. This is the sixth time sixth it's ever been used in it's history. It's always epic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's always, always epic. Yeah. Always significant. And Brad, we can't not talk about the stage. Uh, you're just wrapping, wrapping the cable around your leg. You're trying to undo it. Or, no, or tether like it. That looks good. Um, we can't not talk about it. Planche de Belfi. Yeah. Uh, ten years ago. Ten years. Ten years ago today when we were recording this pub where you took the jersey. It is. And... Right, cards on the table, brutally honest. We've been chatting about this all day, yeah. and you have gone through a spectrum of emotions when we've hit the topic. Yes. A few minutes ago, I, I want to forget it. Yeah. An hour and a half ago in the car, let's go out and have a few beers and celebrate it. So, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, not yeah. saying this, no, I'm not saying this glibly, Brad. No, no. Because what, it's a very significant day. Yeah. So, how are you feeling about it now? All right, yeah, terrific. No, I don't know, Matt. I, I am. It's the biggest thing that ever happened to me, and I don't think I've ever got my head around it. And that I don't. I'm cautious of going on about it constantly. You know, like oh, here he goes wallowing again. You're not wallowing. You're just no, expressing know, an I mean, opinion. At some point, you know? you've got to move on. You know, and, but I don't. It's, it's a tough thing. You know, unless you've won the Tour de France and took the yellow jersey, and then, and then you know won the Olympics ten days after. You, it's hard to understand what it's like. You know, I'm not saying I do. No, no, not you personally, Matt. I'm generalising there. You know, so yeah. when I, that's what I'm. I'm so I'm, 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 you know, talking to myself, if you like. Um, so it's, it's a hard one, really. I've, 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 I don't know. It's, it's more the, the, what it, the catalyst of everything that happened in my life afterwards, yeah. really. I think it's, you know, I always sort of, it always comes back to there, as I said before. But, but on the performance alone, you know, seeing what the riders do now, being on their close hand on the motorbike and stuff, I've full of, you know, I've said it in interviews coming into this race. Um, I'm in complete awe of what they do at this race now, yeah. and I'm quite detached from the rider I was. And it's I, I find it hard to get my head around that I did that as well. So there's an element of that involved because yeah. the longer you're out the sport, you, you witness it firsthand. I think a lot of people can still think that they can get up and never crack, and oh, I could do that. But being on the motorbike gives me that firsthand experience of just remembering yeah. how hard it is and seeing how lean they are and how strong they are and how fast they ride, that I don't miss it one bit. Um, and it's given me a newfound appreciation for it. Um, yeah. And that, I think then that also then reflects in, you know, God, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine, I sort of say this, I can't imagine ever doing that, but I did it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You, you can't see yourself doing that. I don't know. It's, 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 uh, As time passes, I mean, uh, yeah. memory, I mean, there's some memories that are very stark and, and they have immense fidelity, but experiences fade. And I think as you, you lose, I think, I think with the comparison the is, listen to Lance Armstrong talk on his podcast about it. He still talks like he's there and, you know, I could do this. If I was right, I'd do this and that. I can't talk like that because I, 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 I'm not the same rider or person. I, I almost forget what it was like to be like that. I think you're very different personalities yeah. as well, but it's so quite it's interesting. I think he's, uh, he's an interesting character, isn't yeah. he? But, um, and, yeah, likes that control, maybe likes to think yeah. that he could still do that and dominate. But um, mm. for you, it was a completely different experience. But yeah. But it's, uh, you know, so I, I think there's a lot of, um, someone said to me earlier, maybe don't conflate the two, you know, the two things, the performance in your life and stuff, but the performance side of things, I mean, that day I said to Hannah earlier, it was, 
my overriding memory of that day when I got to the summit was I third on the stage and um, saying to Ned Bolton when I pulled the yellow jersey on, you know, whatever happens now the rest of my career, I've achieved my childhood dream of winning yeah. the Olympic gold and wearing the yellow jersey in the Tour de France. And, you know, in doing so, I um, replicated what my idols did in Tommy Simpson, Sean Yates, Chris Borman, David Miller, up to that point. Yeah. So it was... Um, it's and enormous, that was with no thought of the next 14 days after yeah. that we yeah. did you know going to Paris it was just like you take the yellow jersey if I lose it tomorrow I've held the yellow jersey it's a success in itself isn't it yeah massively so um, then coming back full circle to your first question I think I'm left with that sort of emotion now thinking what it was like doing that interview yeah. with Ned Bolton at the top I think it's clear there are clearly two things there's the physiological effort at the time the sporting side and then there's the the ramifications and the ripple effect that it subsequently yeah. had on your life that are, are two very, very different things. Yeah. And that's the one that shifts and changes, isn't it? That very will always remain so. the same, but the impact it had on your life for better or for worse, yeah. and that's for you to make a call on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's constantly shifting. Um, but okay, on to tomorrow's stage then. Two climbs beforehand. It's quite a different approach than you had in 2012. Mm. Two third cat climbs. So not the most brutal approach and then the climb itself. So what is the climb actually like? Describe the climb to us. Of course, it's a super plunge to Belfi with, with the extra bit at the top, the rude bit on the gravel, even steeper. Yeah. I mean, I live, I've only ridden it once and I haven't been back since. So first time in 10 years now, it's hard to remember what a road's like 10 years ago you did. Yeah. But all I can remember from that day is I remember the approach hitting it and it just being straight to yeah. begin with. Yeah. And then I just remember being in forest and sort of twisted and turning. But my memory of that day now is watching the telly is seeing me on the telly. I've no right. memory being in the race that day other than one section at the top where it flattened out and looking around for the first time in the group to see how many were still left. And there was four of us. You um, threw me. Bef uh, Nibali and Cadell. Yeah. yeah. And before that, I'd just been concentrating so much on the wheel in front. So, um, and, and that's it really. I just remember it being steep, hard, fast, but not that long. 6K, is it? Something like that? Yeah. yeah. It's 7K at at uh, 7k yeah. at just under nine percent so yes, it's, 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 it's steep it's, it's, yeah with a, with a flat bit in the middle and then and i think it goes left at the top flattens off for a bit then you do a fast right and then up the main bit that's it yeah and um i mentioned it earlier on say so it's been although we've had the like telepagat just moved into yellow jersey now it's mm. it's been a, a significant well, turning yeah. point in the race yeah that the, the five of the four of the last five times the person who's pulled the yellow jersey and has gone on to win the race you through me mm. vincenzo nibali um and then it was the last one, Taddy Pogaccia, when, yeah, he, when the he took the TT. So it's a significant place. But mm. like you say, it's going to be definitely another rendezvous, another another bit of a sort out. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's going to be a fantastic race, Matthew. Where was the finish today again? Remind Longwee, Longwee. We're parked on a little roundabout um, next to Lemmy's Restaurant, which mm. is Lemmy from Motehead. Sadly passed away now. There is an effigy to him in the Rainbow on Sunset Strip. I've been there. It's weird, but it's worth a visit. Yeah. Um, but we're parked next to a people carrier with MVDP on it, three, mm. and a little king son thought, ooh, want to go out of the car. It's probably Matthew van der Poel's family. Lo and behold, we get back to the car after the race. Yeah. And who do you meet, Brad? Well, Andrew was sat in the front seat. He jumps out because he sees me. He comes up to me to say, you know, hello. And I went, Adri. And he goes, you know me? I was like, yeah, of course I know you. Yeah. Uh, he goes, hey, that's really cool, man. And we had <laughs> that's a, so we nice. Had a, yeah. That's so nice, though, isn't it? Yeah. So we had, I mean, He's I was, a legend, though, isn't he? I mean, I'd never met him before, but I was a kid growing up watching him. winning Flanders, World Cyclocross Champion. I mean, he was a great rider. 
and um, it was lovely to have a chat with him. And um, we talked about Walt Van Art, we talked about Machu. I asked him yeah. how Machu was. He says, Ah, it's head high there. And he reckons that he had a disruptive winter, that um, um, he was playing catch up for too long and he was going quite deep in the Giro trying to win stage. We well, had that back injury, didn't he, for ages? And um, out the it's game. just starting to pay, you know, have an effect now, really, for the lack of work he had to do during the winter. Because yeah. he didn't start racing until Flanders, before yeah. Flanders. I think he's only had so interesting 29 insight days from, uh, racing before the tour. Interesting insight there from Adri. No, definitely. And then we would talk about uh, Wout. And he cannot understand why Wout didn't go for the sprint today and tried to win it rather than going up the road. Um, and he also thinks that he's gone too hard and he's going to pay at some point in the, in the latter part of this race. It's um, quite an interesting take, actually, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. when you look at that finish and how versatile and how informed he is, yeah. you could argue, whatever way you slice it, and it's, it's, we're never going to find the real answer, whether he yeah. did it on feel or just... But he probably could have won that stage. Do you know what I also, also remember about Adri van der Poel? Is he used to ride for Colstrop. One of his before he went to Rabobank towards the end of his career, he rode for Colstrop. Yes, Harry 1994. Lodge. Harry Lodge rode for Colstrop. And yeah. um, he rode the tour of the Kellogg's Tour of Britain in 1994. I went to watch, and there was a stage that went down through the Lake District to finish in Blackpool. It's Carlisle to Blackpool, yeah. 204 kilometres, and it went through the Lake District, went over. Um, I forget that big climb, Honister Pass, or one of okay. those things. Anyway, anyway, they were down by Windermere, and uh, there was a crash. Car had driven into the race. And it was the day that Brian Smith, who was the British champion, had a tourniquet on his arm and all that. Do you remember yep, the blood coming out? Yeah, Phil yeah, Anderson yeah. crashed quite heavily. Yep. The car hit Adri to start with, and Adri sat next to the wall, and the TV coverage complaining and gesticulating about the car. And that was the first time I became aware of Adri von der Poel. Yeah, he was a big hero in my dad's yeah. as, as well. But he looks a bit like my dad, actually. Flick Sean Kelly. Sean's got a great story oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that is it. Yeah. Should, we, should we... I don't know if Sean will allow us permission no, to. No, that's a good... We, yeah. let's, let's put that... Let's put a pin in it and we'll leave it Sean. until maybe next time. Oh, yeah, we've so just had the green light, haven't we, to, to tell we the, 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 the Sean Kelly light. story. So what happened was <laughs> that um, they'd done a deal over Flanders-Roubaix week. Mm. And Sean had won Roubaix. Yep. And he wanted to win Flanders. So he, the only classic he never won in the end, wasn't he? It? He was supposed to help. Adri was supposed to lead him out so he can win Flanders. And Sean was going to repay him in Roubaix. And Adri flicked him in the sprint. Yeah. And he couldn't get over him. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. He's he's not. He's quite actually. Sean Kelly isn't a bitter man, is he? No. But there's there's two. There's the world, isn't he? He he would love to have won. And the then there's yeah, Flanders because yeah. he pretty much won everything else, yeah, didn't he? Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, that was um, Anthony van der Poel. I think they apparently, according to reports, they made up for it though, didn't they, with the deal the following season? They did. Um, the details of which we will furnish you with in a subsequent. And they are good friends now because I think Sean um, they had in the. Um, the Dutch version of This Is Your Life. Yeah. Sean went over to Holland and they brought him out to see Adri with a big red book. Do you remember Eamon Andrews? I do. Michael Parkinson. This is your life. <laughs> do you remember the book? The book? <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that show. Oh. If you watch them, I watch them all on YouTube now. The Chaz and Dave one's great. Brilliant. Chaz and Dave one's great. Are they both on it? Jim, so Chaz Jimmy and Dave was just, good. Yeah. a good one. Flipping it. But yeah, great show. Yeah, cheers, Matt. See you tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.